God bless you. Singashala pansan bonane soweto. Ninja ne soweto. Ninja ne khautin. Siabonga. Bishop, thank you so much for inviting us once again, inviting me into your pulpit to share the word of God. We really appreciate you for your leadership. Umama Keke, thank you so much, Mama, for also being such great encouragement to us, your family, the leadership of this church, all the pastors, the five-fold ministry gifts who are present here, the members of this church in particular. The, the, the reason you have been able to take 40 years as I sit down and listen is because there is a clear direction. There is no conflicting voice. There is, uh, everything falls into place. You, you, you know the set man and you know how to support that word. So there are not many voices. There is a voice that God has anointed in the house. And we are learning from that. We have continued to learn from that. And it's so powerful that we commend you for listening to the voice because most churches started well, but when many voices arose, then the direction was lost. Uh, uh, because there is something about anointing. When the anointing increases upon you, when you are invited to participate on the pulpit, when the anointing increases, the tendency is that you begin to become, a, to, become to want to become a voice too. And then there are many voices, but when voices are linked into what God is doing, we are assured that the direction is clear. So can you clap hands for yourself as a church for that? Bishop, thank you so much for your hospitality, myself and the prophetess. We are so grateful to you for the hospitality that we have received. Also, the Spegos, Omazia, really taken care of, care of us. We have had a lovely time with them, taking us not for the first time. We have always enjoyed the hospitality and the grace that they are welcoming us. We have been well fed and well taken care of. We had the time to rest and relax. And I'm so happy that also my wife accompanied me this time uh, to be with me. Bishop, we had to, we had to, if it was for us, we were really going to, after this, stay and clean around what God is doing here. You know, you know, uh, but the prophetess has something somewhere around Pochestin, long standing. I'm also going to a deep, deep rural place. You know, uh, 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 you go to the south coast, Semakaya, Makaya. So they asked me last year, and you know, Emakaya, uh, sometimes when you change in the last minute, they think we are born We are born And she's also going to a, a rural town. So we are going to those places as we are living here. But I want to tell you, uh, we are already missing this place. I'll try to preach, but I'm preaching with a heart that is already missing the anointing in this place. <laughs> so let me take, uh, let us take the word from the book of Joshua, chapter 14, 
Bishop, you are also invited to preach on the theme will be around the scripture of our conference, end of the year. <laughs> so we can start working on it. <laughs> hey, we've pulled the bishop as always been in our conferences, even in times when I really felt like, Bishop, please don't come, because I could feel that the church is so big and so wide. He, uh, things have taken a toll in his body. Because we carry something eternal, but our bodies are not eternal. And sometimes, thank you, Bishop, for always honoring us and the mission that God has given unto us. I'm reading for, from verse 10 to verse 12. Now then, just as the Lord of Joshua chapter 14, verse 10 to 12. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 40 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. So in other words, says, I'm still as strong as I, I'm still as strong as I was 40 years. So, I am still as strong as I was the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to the battle as I was then. Now, give me this hill country. Give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourselves heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helped me. I will drive them out just as he said. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The setting here is 40 years since the children of Israel left Egypt, the land of Canaan. And it's 40 years since this church started. They have had some victories. They have seen Jericho walls falling as they enter into this new territory. The book of Joshua records and teaches about the fulfillment of God's promises. So 40 was a time when God was fulfilling the promises that he had started. We have done it all, but it is now that we are going to really begin to see the fulfillment of everything that has been prophesied over this pulpit and in this church. 40 years, the, the closing of the curtain, uh, after 40 years in the sin, was the opening into the avenues of everything that has not been done before that the Lord promised on the first day that they left. I heard the, 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 the bishop when he was talking about churches without walls. I'm sure that you can check in the archives of the church when this church began, that was said. Perhaps you have been enlarged and so great, but we haven't seen what was said. This is the season. Now, the book of Joshua also uh, promises uh, the fulfillment of God's promises that were recorded depending on their cooperation. Blessings of victory, bless, blessings of inheritance. You are now going to receive inheritance. Yeah. 
abundant provision, peace. There's going to be peace. There's going to be understanding because after 40 years, that's when they're going to experience peace. But it doesn't mean that the peace is going to come in the absence of wars. Because there are war, there are cities to win. There are battles to fight. Even in this season of our Canaan. Then peace, all these were experienced by God's people. Strategies have changed. There is now no rod of Moses. They don't have to use the old strategy. Moses used the rod to part the Red Sea, but Joshua had to put his feet on the river Jordan in order to part it. So the problem is, those who are used to the rod, they're going to think something is wrong now because they want to dwell on what God did in the past. They are so happy with the victory of God who parted the sea. This miracle didn't look so dramatic like Moses, but it was the greatest because God said, wherever you put your feet, now you don't have to raise your stick, you just have to stretch your feet and put it, and I'm going to do it because I'm doing a new thing. So I'm no longer expecting you to raise that stick. Now it's cool how you're going to receive your victories. You're not going to sweat this time. Just put your feet. Do not be lazy to stretch at your feet and touch on those waters and they're going to disappear because we are entering a new season of 40 years. There are no snakes anymore because the snake has been risen. Jesus Christ. You don't have to fight any snakes before. You just have to look unto Jesus, the author, and the finish of your faith. And everything that tried to poison you is going to disappear. Any sickness in your body is going to run away. Any chronic disease is going to dissipate. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this is a new season in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the title of my message is, Give me the mountain. Somebody say, Give me the mountain. Can I have this room? Say, give me the mountain. This one. This one. This one. This one. This one. The whole church. Claim a mountain. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big shout. Give me the mountain. I've been waiting for this mountain for many years. I've had the declarations made. I never received it. It is now my time to receive the mountain. They conquered some wars that Joshua had recorded major victories. There is now a whole new generation who were not around when the exodus from Egypt began. Some of them have no clue about sacrifices. They never, they never sacrificed anything. They never seen dangers as well and the dealings that Israel experienced when they left Egypt. Some of the people were never at Rockville where you were to see what you saw. At one time, we had some relatives around Rockville. We would visit them. Then on Sunday, we will see when we're still students and hear a thundering noise that shook the whole of Soweto. Even in the cold weather, we saw thousands of people moving like rivers flowing into this big sea. Some people were not there. Now they are in this new territory. The younger generation, 
But within that young generation, we see an 85-year-old man by the name of Caleb. An old man that got sustained because of his obedience to the call of God. But let me say this and qualify that. The fact that others couldn't come here doesn't mean they were not obedient. But also, at the other same time, sometimes other people quit in the journey because of disobedience. He stood probably before the millennials now, if it was in our time. The millennials, the younger generations of his time, and gave them a lecture of a 40-year journey. This is a lecture that he gives them here. You can read down and down and down in that scripture. Also at this time, there might have been excitement amongst the young generation as they allocated the land, territories, cities. They begin to, to occupy the land that they never sweat for. They, they were not there when God, God's anger began to burn for those people who rebelled against Moses. They were not there when the crown shifted and the crown swallowed everybody. They are just here in a place of grace where they just see everything just coming to pass. They were not there when they were working hard for everything, when things were tough. They are just excited, you know, with this new thing that is happening here. Just excited with, it, with this grace that God has developed after 40 years. Here comes a man. Most of them did not pay the, pay the price for these breakthroughs. The main problem that we see here is that these people, although they, they were so happy about what God was doing, they had short-sightedness when it came to the price that was paid. As we stand on this campus, 40 years later, we look back and reflect on the journey. The text shows us Caleb reflecting back on the journey and tell a story or to the young generation. He says, number one, I was there 40 years ago. We have people who can tell a story of this church and say, I was there 40 years ago when the promise was made. Because sometimes when the promises are made, you know, they become ridiculous. Because when you the promise sometimes is so big compared to where you are. Whenever God gives you a promise or a word, most of the time, the word looks so bigger than yourself. I'm sure that the bishop was very young at that time. And at that particular point in time, whatever God gave to, to him, that was saying, people said, no, it can't happen. But Joshua said, I was there. In other words, I, I, I responded with faith to the promise that was given. I am alive and well today, believing in God's promises that has preserved my life. Let's give the Lord a hand for preserving our lives. That we can see this day. For Hebrews 4 verse 3, the Bible reads, For we who have believed enter that rest. We are entering the rest. Praise Bible Church, we are entering the rest. As he said, as I saw my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. We need to believe in the Locos word of God. As the bishop was saying, the Locos word, the Locos is a written word of God. But within the Locos word, we must receive the Rema word of God. Anytime there's a preaching of the word of God, there are many remas within one word. But sometimes we can preach the whole sermon only to find for you there's only one word that's going to change your life. That is why it's important to listen to a sermon because in every sermon there is a rema word. 
The locust word is relevant to all of us, but what changes your life is that one word that changes your life. In this conference, I don't know which speaker carries a rhema word for you, but I want to tell you, like Kairos moment, there are many seasons and times when there's a rhema word. One of the rhema words could be related to sickness and disease. One of the rhema words could be related to your financial situation. One of the rhema words could be related to your family. One of the rhema words could be related to every situation in your life. But I want to tell you, by the time we wrap up this conference, you shall have received the full rhema word of God in your life. He says, God communicate through rhema word, God communicates specific will to, in, to an individual. Reading scripture, locus, God speaks to you directly out of what you are reading. Reading and listening. As the Bible says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's amazing that sometimes many people stay today, people come to church and they fail to concentrate. And they lose their rhema word because you can only receive the rhema of God, word of God if you listen attentively. That's why sometimes you've ever had somebody getting excited when you're not that excited about the word. It is, it's not because there's something wrong with you. There's something that it touches in his life. There's a rhema he's just received. He says, yes, I knew it. Yes, I knew it. That's it. That's it. Because he is embracing that rhema word of God. So Caleb says, I was there 40 years ago when the promise was given. We must be able to hear what God is saying. Listening attentively to the preaching of God's word. We must also read the word of God. He says, God has kept me alive. But we have to be attentive for the rhema word of God to come into your life. We are here to thank God for keeping the bishop, his family, my bishop, the leadership of this church, and the church alive, and all the families. It's amazing how the vision can keep you alive. When you lose the vision, sometimes, and you lose purpose, it's easy for you to leave the earth. But when the vision is still boiling in your heart, it becomes very difficult for this world to release you. Because God still awaits for you to operate at this time. I was talking to one man in our church who has been really attacked on cancer and all that, very sick, but he's in the helm of the building project. At one time, he went for chemo. Before he takes the chemo, he just said and said, this is where the building is. I said, man, because even in sickness and pain, we are not forgetting to focus on the vision. As we are here, we are here because of the promise. Vision was developed out of the word of God. God will speak to men or women and others rally around that vision. And we receive the word of God that takes us directly into where we are. I was there 40 years ago when Bishop Sono started. As I said, bless, you can say that. Um, I was there 27 years ago myself to see what God was doing in this church. You were there 40 years ago. In fact, 30 years ago, I used to come and visit, as I said, my relatives in Rockville, and I saw what God was doing. Probably, God is able to influence the people even if they don't attend the church. Because the reverberation of the Spirit of God does not only get confined within the campus. The grace is just uh, embracing the whole of Soweto. Now, the whole of Gauteng. 
This word is spreading beyond our borders. There are people who are not here but who are impacted by the spirit that is happening here. There's going to come a time when people are leaving their home to come to this place. They're going to receive healing before they even enter this place. Because we have arrived at a season. We have come to a time that we are no longer using people. We don't have some time to lay hands. When the people are entering that gate, they are going to receive healing and deliverance. They are going to receive their breakthroughs because the church is of age. We are of age because I was there. Somebody say, I was there. Somebody might say, no, I was not there. I was very young. You were there in the loins of your fathers. When they were giving their tithe, you were there. When they came to us this building, you were there. We are not alive, but you are there. Now we are the seed of the righteous. That's why the Bible says, the seed of the righteous shall prosper. It's very important to watch what we do because it affects our seed. We wonder how our children behave the way they will behave. It's because of what you do. You must come to the church even if you don't feel like for the sake of a seat that is there in your side. Because when you stay home and not come to church, you are depriving that seat in your loin to come to church. You must raise your hand to worship God if you don't even if you don't feel like because you are doing that on behalf of the seat that is there. Because the Bible says in the loins of Abraham, Levi gave a tithe. When Abraham was giving a tithe, even Levi on the loins latent, latent on his on his belly, he was giving a tithe. As you are here right now, in your seat, young man, in your seat as a woman, I want to tell you your presence here is representing generations to come. Say, I was there. When the battle became tough, and you are coming, there's a young generation that don't know who you are. We've been in our church and big conferences. I've seen people coming who left some years ago when we started, when it looked so weak, when it didn't look so great, when we went to the tents that were blown by wind and we worship outside. And they left, they said, Lend I say, and then they come to the crowns during the Passover convention. They find the presidents coming to that thing, which was nothing that. They find all the television networks. And one time, before the president Ramaphosa came, all the television networks, they were just on this, on that small church in the township. One of the smallest townships. Not as big as Umlazi, not as big as Soweto. Because of the word planted some years ago, that word stayed latent. There are many things that are still going to happen in this church that we have never seen. There are people who came and they said, this, man, this must not be the same church. That was, in a, that was in a room. This must not be the same church which was in a beer hall. This must not be the same church which was somewhere there. Where you are today, when you look back after 40 years, you will laugh at yourself. Number two, as Caleb reflects, he looks back at the Red Sea. I'm sure most scholars agree that Moses could have chosen a shorter route that could have taken him with a two million men, women, and children 
that he was shepherding just a little more than a week to get to Canaan. There are many shortcuts to build a church and get something so huge and so big. But instead, we need to follow the blueprint of heaven. And it doesn't take a cheap direction. Instead, he takes them to a dangerous journey that took them 40 years. There are so many quick ways of getting into that particular area. But God takes them to a journey that is full of snakes, full of drought, extreme weather conditions. That's where God became a pillar of cloud by the day to help them so that the sun will not burn them. And a pillar of fire by the night. They would have known God as a pillar of fire by night. There is a change that you've taken into your life that you thought God was killing you, but he wanted to reveal who he is. That's why you can sing a song and say, Sange nala pogutiwa maunge nekona sapumalapo agupunya sometimes enjoy testing what is inside you by allowing you into the journey that is going to teach you who God is they've been in bondage of Egypt for many years they didn't have a true concept of God so for them to enter into the land of Canaan so quickly was going to be like a suicide God took them through this journey he did not choose the road but God directed him Sometimes there are quicker roads that you can take. He did not choose the road, but God directed him. As the Bible says in the book of Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And he delighted in his way. Why did God take them through suffering? God is all-knowing. He knew that the shortest route could have curtailed the mission. Some years ago, I got an offer in 1995, just after a year. Some men came to our church and to, our, to where we are and honestly speaking uh, we could hardly collect <clears throat> 6,000 then on church service. I had millionaires coming and visiting the church wanting to help us build the church and build our home uh, the forum home that we were. I could see myself that time when we came back seated at the back of that Mercedes Benz that <laughs> I'm going to be a different man. In a second year, we're going to be having such a big building. The other one was an engineer. Powerful man. Pray things. And I went back there smiling. And we came, they said, we came home. Said, I can sign a check. And we can build this building. Only if A, B, C, and D. It was not something outside, it was something good. Only if you can put this ministry under us. And it's going to be so great. It looks so easy. We're not going to change the name of the church. Just do that. Bless God. And I said, yeah. Outside. In the third year, God said in the evening, He said, yeah. At 12, He said to me, yeah. 
Those guys have made them rich. They are going to assist you. You're going to build that building. And they're going to help you to build this house. I was recently married. So I had pressure to impress my wife. <laughs> she, was still at, she was still at varsity, by the way. I must confess, I took her out of varsity. <laughs> we, married, we married then. And then God said, they're going to take good care of you. But for the rest of your life, you'll have to rely on them. Because that's what I've chosen for them. Next year I said, please, I took a phone. I said, thank you so much. I'm not going to take any cent from you. We went back to selling. Yes, to selling tins in the township. To selling popcorns. And preaching on the other side. We went back to doing things that didn't make us to look like we were caught of God. We went back to walk on foot. We went back to drive the fence and still transport the church because the way to your destiny is not going to go through your way. The steps of a righteous man or a woman are uttered by God. I want to say to you, please persevere in the direction that God has given unto you. Bless the Lord. Why this shortest way? God is all-knowing. The shortest road was a concern for God. There are walls along the journey that God does not sponsor or cover. There are walls, there are walls that even if you are a believer, you are not covered by God to win them. Because he never gave you a core head. <laughs> Have you ever wondered, why you don't keep it? Why don't you this apparent and alien part to the man as you could was not fair? Ubego Bari Lundau. That's why our journeys are different. Bishop has got his different journey. I sit down here and learn, but couldn't our hammocks on and hammocks on. Couldn't tell Nukurukulam Nigona or Fanel and Funagona. I will never try to imitate him because when I do that and stand on his platform, I'm not covered. When the walls that come against him come against me because he's covered and I'm not covered, I'm going to begin to swear at God. Yetukurukur is not faithful. You must persevere in the journey that God has given unto you. That's why somebody say, No mangi, supega. No mangi, zingelwa. No mizi, sobu, zingi, shi, gobegezela. Jesu gobegezela. If the Lord has not given a green light, we wonder why others make it. God anoints people to survive certain storms only if they are lived up in his purpose. Exodus 13 verse 17 to 18, Pharaoh left the people go. People go. He did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, through that short term. That was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led his people around the desert road towards the Red Sea. 
The Egyptian bondage left the Israel heartbroken. They had spent eight to ten generations as slaves. They were not ready to face a war or wars that were on the other journey. From a very, very tough period in your life. So he doesn't want to win the war, you to fight the wars that you are not emotionally prepared to face. Because you are going to collapse emotionally and psychologically. Don't take every journey, don't take every route that God has not given unto you. For them to reach Canaan in the shortest way, they would have had to face the Moabites, the Amorites, Several other nations, as a seed, as a are going to be meat because he didn't want to fight. Uncle Uncle was not just going to fight the battles for them, he wanted to fight battles through them so that his great glory can be seen through their lives, so that the people can see. So, in this new journey, God has empowered you to win all the journeys around your life. To will all those cities that God has given unto you. So God knows when you are emotional and mental and spiritual and prepared to face what awaits us along the road. So they went through the Red Sea experience. God waited to imprint in the hearts of the minds of the Egyptians a personal experience with his power. When he parted the red waters, he was putting something in their spirit. 40 years in the wilderness were preparation to take Canaan permanently. God was preparing them to a multi-generational possession of Canaan. He had plans for them. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future. He demonstrated what he would, how he would sustain them, fight for them, defend them, correct them, restore them. He wanted them to rely solely on him. So that even generations after them, they are going to remain established. This church is going to remain established. Not just in 50 years coming, but in 100 years coming. If Jesus tarries 150 coming, if Jesus tarries 200 years coming, there will be at one time 250 celebration, celebration, 50 years, celebration that are going to be in this place because the foundation has been laid. We know our God. Caleb remembers Kaddish Banya. Kaddish Banya was a border area between Egypt and, and the Promised Land. When we get into that place, it's amazing. Have you known that sometimes if you've not been through a sifting with God, through certain things, isn't as he told us, as we part? Give somebody a church building like this. Give them a church building like this, you're going to see. Not everybody can have it. You can like this, but not everybody can carry it. It's carried by people who know what it takes. When I get to any campus of our church, the first thing that I look, I look into the gate, I look into everything. I don't want to see a paper on the floor. If I see a paper on the campus, I become very, very concerned. But to somebody, it doesn't mean anything. As long as you can or a prophet, or a prophet, or a prophet, or a I mean, I look at everything. Everything must be okay. I get around the toilets and check everything. I check everything. It doesn't matter whether I'm an apostle. I've got to check everything because I've been through the chain. So I go around the campus. I could see this campus is well kept as I come here. Well kept to the teeth. It is because the people who are there, they know. The tenancy to come must know that. 
people just receive the building and you come around the building, they don't even know how to take care of it because they don't know the journey. They don't know how to tell what it takes to have it. I was, I was getting out of a particular business. One of our daughters has taken a particular, she's doing a master's in one of the, which is very, very expensive in Paris, in luxury science. And I was talking to this one businessman and said, hey man, he was, he's, he's also in luxury. He said to me, hey man, I said, it's very, very expensive. Hey, she's taking all our money. He says, you know what? I've lived amongst millionaires who leave their children with 20 million, 30 million, 40 million. They waste their money. Because once your children handle those 40 million, they don't know what to do with it. The best gift you can give to your children is the skill so that they can make money for themselves for generations and generations. Look at everybody who got lotto for 21 million and tell me where they are today. Anything that you get without sweating and fighting for, you lose it quickly. We are not going to lose this one. I want to say to our children, we might not have left you with millions, but we left with education. Our parents never left us with millions, but left us with education. They left us with teachings. Hence, we can stand in whatever corner and make it. We want to say to our children who are waiting for our pension, who are waiting for money when we are dead, that that money is not going to do anything for you. Get an anointing. Get the grace of God. Get the vision into your life. Get your future right. You're waiting for bishops to retire so that you take over the church. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Psychologically, there's a lot of psychological issues around here. He remembers Kaddish Pania. We are all at the journey coming to that break point. Caleb and Joshua were amongst the 12 men who spied the land. We all know the story. I want to conclude now. The last point, Caleb, Caleb violated the 70-year-old Mark. 70-year mark of death that is in Psalm 90 verse 10 that says our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away Caleb refused he said no I was there I know that this was a cutoff for those people who had to die in the wilderness. But I was obedient to the call of God. You know, this scripture has killed many people. I was bearing on the burial site with one of our pastors who is 70 years. He said, Mfundis, we are born a matun, men and umgamun to go. There's still a long journey for you to go. I looked at him. Caleb says, No, no, no. He's standing amongst the youth. He probably said, I was there. I've seen it all. I'm not aging yet. I won't allow sickness to, to stall me. 
I won't allow chronic diseases to make me retire at this particular point in time. He's standing amongst the young people. He says, let me tell you, because the young people begin to take all this. He says, no, I was there. I'm going to take mine too. I also received a, pro, a promise of Hebron. The place, the Hebron, is a place where Sarah was buried, where Abraham was buried. He said, this place, the Hebron, give me another mountain. Give me a mountain to climb. He says, I'm strong as I was 40 years ago. I can still get another mountain. So I want to say to Grace Bible Church, there is a new assignment that God is about to teach to you. And God is giving you a new strength to ride. He's giving you a new strength to run. You are going to run faster than you ran 20 years ago. We are going to run faster than you ran 30 years ago. This church is going to look younger than it has ever been before. I want to say we are not aging. We are becoming stronger and stronger in the name of Jesus. And at one time in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says there's going to come a time when nobody's going to die without fulfilling his years. There's going to be no death without fulfilling the years. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Bible says the one who died a hundred shall have died young. In the book of Isaiah, nobody's going to build a house and not stay in that house. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the house you're building, we are going to stay in that house. We are going to enjoy this building. We are going to teach in this building. There's going to be no funeral soon that is going to come in the leaders of this church. We are crossing over. Give me the mountain. Give me the mountain. Give me the mountain. Somebody say, give me the mountain. Shout, give me the mountain. 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 We are not going to allow that in other countries, ministers, they are still preaching at 80, preaching at, at, at 80 something, interceding and going around the world. But in Africa, just they reach at 70, then we say it's over. We are here to cut that line off in the name of Jesus. We are here to cut that line off in the name of Jesus. This man and woman of God shall rise up and get more strength and get more power. We are not going just getting a mountain to remove. We are not removing mountains. We are climbing the mountains. We are getting to the top of the mountain. We're going to get the best of the view. Everybody stand up and give the Lord a hand of praise. The mountain top has got the best view. Praise, Bible Church. You are climbing the mountain top. We are going to see the best of the land. And we are going to be sending people, sending young people, the young generation, and say, cross that river, occupy that place, occupy that city, occupy that space. It's a new season, it's a new day. Give me the mountain, give me the mountain, give me the mountain, give me the mountain. Shout, give me the mountain, give me the mountain, give me the mountain, give me the mountain. Give me the mountain! Give me the mountain! Give me another assignment! Give me another assignment! Give me another anointing! Give me another place! Give me another city! Give me another town! Give me another village! Give me another financial breakthrough! Give me another deal! Give me another life! In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth! Somebody give the Lord a shout!
counting three, I want us to give us a mountaintop shout as all of the bishop to come over here. We are climbing to the top. This mountain, we are not moving it. We've got to, there are mountains to move, but there are mountains to climb. You mustn't move a mountain that is going to give you the best of the view. Oh, Labase, Kemanda, Lasiana. You know, there's a scripture that said, shout to the Lord. And when you shout, you must not wait for somebody to shout for you. When the Bible says, clap hands to the Lord, you must not wait for somebody to clap hands for you. Let me tell you something. When you clap hands to, to me, you do that. To the bishop, you do that. But to God, you raise up your hands. Wait a bit, wait a bit. I'm going to count. After three, I want the whole house to shout and shout. You can say, give me the mountain or whatever you want to say. One, are you ready? Two, are you ready? Three. Give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord continue. Give the Lord a shout. Jesus!